Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's Talk America with hosts. Shana Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. Good Tuesday evening to you, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. I am Shana, and this is your radio talk show program, and you will always find talk radio with substance on this programming. We are just elated with joy and appreciation that you have opted to join us this Tuesday night. And we want to welcome everyone, and I want to emphasize everyone, to this national and international show for the entire community, and truly for every single member of the family. This show is for all of us. We bring relevant topics to the table that do need to be addressed head on. We aim to offer the insight, expertise, and helpful solutions that will hopefully impact and shape your life in a very game-changing manner. You know, this award-winning radio family program features topics and leading celebrities and leading guests and experts weekly. We cherish your commitment to staying with us each and every Tuesday night. And we also appreciate those who sometimes miss our segments and go back and listen to the podcast or the replay. We certainly, certainly cherish your commitment and your time and your effort. Real talk for real people. Real talk for real people. That's our tagline here at Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Because if it matters to you, we will do our best to highlight that topic head-on on this show, your show. Do believe that. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is a family radio talk show programming that, again, excludes no one. I want to emphasize that because there are lots of talk radio programs out there. Uh, some uh, differ uh, with uh, different messages, but ours is one of positivity, one of inclusiveness, and one for the entire family. Right now, please lend me your ears for just a few seconds to hear some very important messaging. Regina R. Tate is a Christian counselor, and she's written a book entitled There is a Bomb for That. The compilation is her platform to inspire and spread the love of God. The book is encouragement and motivation to get beyond and through everyday issues and problems using the Word of God. In addition, she shares some accounts of athletes and other well-known people doing admirable or not-so-admirable things to help push across her messages of encouragement. Tate combines her love of sports with her love of the Lord to inspire those of us who are on the Lord's side and others who are seeking reasons to trust in God. Within the book are articles or misses including... Hold Fast, Gifts of the Cross, Call to Be Better, and Don't Get Weary, all of which remind us that God is always pulling for us to get to the other side of the room. In the missive, there's a bomb for that. Tate Vince, my head hurts because there is so little tolerance for the diverse prisms through which we see life, and there is a declining appreciation for the myriad ways we have come to survive life. She goes on to explain why her neck hurts, 
Her eyes, her ears, her stomach, her feet, and even her heart hurt. But then she points out that she is not in a woe is me state of paralysis because she says, I have medicine. I have a balm in Gilead. Her aim with the book is to remind all of us that we indeed have medicine for whatever ails us. Regardless of what the situation or the crisis is, there is a balm for that. Books may be purchased on authorhouse.com or at amazon.com, or you may visit the website, thereisabombforthat.com, for more information. Rather than feeling jolly and carefree about the holiday season, do you begin to feel the stress that accompanies the whirlwind of events and the seasonal rush to get things done? Elite Designs has a solution for you. By offering full-service event planning, venue management, and holiday designs customized for your home or business, Elite Designs can reduce your holiday stress before it begins. We specialize in creating a memorable and inspiring holiday atmosphere, delivering your design with flawless execution tailored to meet any budget so before you start feeling overwhelmed and stressed at the thought of the holiday season let elite designs be your holiday decorating service ensuring a stunning display that will enhance your home or business plan ahead call elite designs at 800-379-1125 or visit our website at theelitedesigns.com organic body products including whipped fragrance, shea butter lotion, rejuvenating body exfoliant, moisturizing lip balm. Glamour Treats has the perfect personalized party favors for any event, weddings, anniversaries, baby and bridal showers. Posh Elite Petite Treats, be true to yourself. GlamourTreats.com We love it. We certainly value all of our national partners and advertisers. Thank you for being on board. This show is because of you. Also, we want to thank our weekly listeners. Thank you so much for being on board. It takes a village. It takes everyone. And we certainly appreciate everyone that puts their time and effort and resources into this show. Now, are you interested in perhaps becoming a sponsor of the show? Simply email a member of our staff by connecting to Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. Again, send all messages to Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. Our professional and courteous staff will address all of your advertising needs and requests, okay? So they will take care of you. Do contact us. And also, speaking of contacting and connecting with us, if you're out there on the various social media outlets, do connect with us. Uh, perhaps you enjoy sharing pictures with Instagram. Uh, connect. We can be found at Let's Talk America Radio. Uh, if you can't find us for some odd or strange reason, simply put us into your favorite search engine, and you are bound to find our handle for your favorite social media uh, site. So I know there are many, many different apps out there that individuals are using on their cellular phones. Uh, we're out there, too. Connect with us. We do follow back, okay? We have some messaging we would like to continue to share with you throughout the week, besides Tuesday nights, of course, where we air live. Well, if you don't know, then you likely will know very soon enough that this national award-winning family radio talk show programming uh, tries to address topics that matter to you. And you know what? It's January. And you may already know that yesterday, of course, on January the 19th, we honored the life and the legacy of the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Of course, he was a giant in the 
civil rights movement. He was very vital, very pivotal in a lot of the squashing of the elimination of injustices that were done around the world, in particular in this nation. Uh, a lot of you already know this. I may be stating the obvious, but of course there was a time in this country, in the United States of America, where segregation uh, was rampant, where it was not only a reality, it was the law. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and many others, uh, often they are not known, their names are not as well known or as famous as his, uh, but they risked their lives. They put a lot on the line uh, so individuals of today, Generation X and Generation Y, can have all the opportunities and options that they have. Well, tonight, the national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, is putting the spotlight on the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Now, you may say, hey, I just finished watching a programming on him, and I get it. I know what his life's about. I will challenge you that this conversation we have coming up with the renowned and celebrated academic scholar will wow you. Some information he shared with me that I was not aware of about Dr. King's life. You have to stay with us, and the legacy of King certainly deserves to be honored and celebrated for more than just one day, really throughout the year, because his life, his legacy, his history is a part of world history and in particular American history. So please stay with us. And did I mention that our academic in-house scholar, Tonight, who will be featured is Dr. Or excuse me, is Rolandas Rice. Rolandas Rice, he is an educator and a scholar, uh, a teacher of sorts, uh, has written uh, papers and has done work on King's life and legacy and other civil rights leaders. And you are going to enjoy this conversation with him tonight. Again, we're talking about the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. Junior. Before we bring uh, our scholar in, uh, Rolando Rice, uh, let me share with you some words of inspiration for tonight's programming. Well, we are talking about the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., so it's only fitting and appropriate, I would believe, and welcome to share some words of inspiration from him. The late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. once said, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Again, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Well, he said that many years ago, but here it is 2015, and you know what? That quote, that statement is still true today. We have to learn to work together and get along. What powerful words of wisdom that uh, remain true decades later. Well, without much further ado, let's bring in our featured guest for tonight. Again, he's an accomplished scholar. He's an educator, uh, and he has spent a lot of time studying uh, the life, the works, the speeches, the writings of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and I'm excited to bring him on. He's going to offer his perspective of King's life and his legacy and what it means in 2015. Ladies and gentlemen of Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, where we offer uh, Real Talk for Real People, where we also offer Talk Radio with Substance. Please help me welcome our featured guest tonight, educator and scholar, Rolanda Rice. Know this, that Rolanda Rice is employed at the King Center in Atlanta, Georgia, as a special assistant to the chief executive officer for research, marketing, communication, and archives. 
He has served previous since in the academic arena. He's worked in the Auburn University Department of History as a graduate teaching assistant for over three years. And he also has held uh, distinguished faculty teaching appointments at Tuskegee and Alabama State Universities, respectfully. Well, let's bring him in. We are on live this Tuesday night, the day after Dr. King's uh, day, the day that we celebrate and honor the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And, of course, this is Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. And, of course, we wanted to give homage, respect, and really have a sincere conversation about the legacy of Dr. King. I have the honor of having a scholar and educator on with me tonight. He knows a lot more about Dr. King than I do and perhaps you do, but it's going to be an engaging and worthwhile conversation that can continue to go on the day after or months after we celebrate King's birthday. Please welcome educator and scholar Rolanda Rice. Welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here with you. Great. Well, I am excited to have you on, and I want to get right to it because so many, um, of course, of, of many generations, especially my generations, uh, Mr. Rice, uh, have grown up knowing about Dr. King, uh, hearing things along the way. But we want to break down some information that a scholar and an educator like yourself only can. Now, we continue to celebrate and honor Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., of course, in 2015. As a scholar and educator, share with our national listeners how the legacy has evolved throughout the years. Well, that is a very interesting question. Note that when King was killed in 1968, he was one of the most hated men in America uh, by the dominant race, not because he led down violent direct action campaigns, you know, to force America to confront those injustices that she had re- heaped upon her people of color, but because he was attempting to weaken the pivot upon which the entire system of capitalism turns, and that is simply the unequal distribution of wealth. I remember when he was in the midst of the poor, camp- poor people's campaign was when he was assassinated. So I do think that his legacy has been redefined uh, in large measure because of the work of his dutiful wife, Mrs. Karen Scott King, and her work to establish the King Center uh, in Atlanta. Uh, if it were not for Mrs. King's stewardship, however, it is very unlikely that uh, Dr. King would have been immortalized uh, on the Washington Mall alongside those former presidents who not only supported the system of slavery but increased their own wealth on the back of uh, forced labor. So, again, we can see how his legacy has evolved, and I think in large measure to the sacrifices and stewardship uh, of Mrs. King. Wow. Again, we're on live this Tuesday night. Uh, it is uh, January the 20th on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We have uh, a, noun, a renowned rather, and celebrated scholar and educator, Rolanda Rice, is with us. You know, you brought up something that I think a lot of people of the younger generation uh, may not have uh, understood or really gotten along uh, when they were taught about King. But when he was assassinated, uh, brutally and tragically, Tragically uh, assassinated and taken away from um, our society. He was a very uh, disliked, or, or as you said, hated man uh, by a lot of America. And I think as we look back this many years later, that may be hard for us to believe, but at the time he was not a mainstream popular figure. Is that correct? 
Yes, ma'am. He was not uh, in the mainstream. Again, when you have an African-American man who, uh, in large measure, is the most powerful African-American in the country, uh, J. Edgar Hoover and the Kennedy administration, and ultimately the Johnson administration had or expressed a lot of angst about the type of power uh, that King conveyed and his ability to organize rich people, poor people, men, women. So he was able to bring in a cross-section of people across the country to embrace this idea of nonviolent direct action to make America realize that those pronouncements that she made at her founding, they were not living up to. And when you have someone who can do that, you or him rather, he posed the threat uh, to the system itself. So again, uh, one of the reasons why he was a very hated man, and there's an old adage that you know a man who is powerful when he has very powerful enemies. Okay. Martin Luther King had very powerful enemies. Mm, pivotal information. Thank you for sharing with us, Mr. Rice. You know, Dr. King influenced the world, and he really did globally, uh, with his nonviolent approach to the injustices of his times that he lived in. And I know we have a lot of uh, national listeners from around this country uh, who themselves firsthand witnessed segregation or perhaps were very early in segregation, um, or perhaps we have some. Uh, like myself, who were born after the time frame of segregation, um, but we know uh, some history. Now, I know the time of his tragic death in the late 1960s, Mr. Rice, the civil rights movement was quickly changing uh, with some growing popularity, with some, I, I don't want to put a whole lot of emphasis on it because I think it varies on who you ask, but with some growing popularity of more militant uh, or aggressive approaches, if you will. What was his stance, uh, Dr. King's stance? if known, on more militant and aggressive approaches? In other words, simply put, was he adamantly against it? Well, I think you raised another compelling question. Understand that the emergence of black power as a term in popular parlance was first introduced uh, in 1966 in Greenwood, Mississippi. However, black power, quote-unquote, as a form of protest against oppression can be traced back to the 17th and 18th centuries when Africans rebelled against their captors or they were forcibly transplanted across the Atlantic. Uh, Vincent Harding, another uh, scholar, referred to this as the beginning of the great tradition of black protest. So burning down cities and towns or rioting did not begin, per se, in the 1960s. Okay. Uh, but Andy Young maintained that MLK was uncomfortable uh, with the rhetoric and tone of black power because he deemed it rhetoric that had no real substance. He believed that it was an emotional chant with no real program. Okay. Uh, King, according to Young, often said that by yelling black power, all we are doing is advertising the fact that you don't have any. King said that power is like money in the bank. The less you use, the more you have. Okay. But but at King's core, he said in his training about nonviolence that Nonviolence is a way of life for courageous people. So that is what undergirded his his philosophy in teaching, his philosophy with nonviolence, his philosophy with leading the nonviolent direct action element of the civil rights movement. So at his core, he believed in nonviolence and abhorred violence in any form. I see. Mm. So uh, pretty much you're comfortable with saying absolutely not. He was not uh, for any violence or over-aggression of any sort. Yes, ma'am. And there's this one instance in particular. In 1955, in the midst of the boycott, uh, after his house was bombed, he and several of his 
bodyguards, where the bodyguards rather offered to stand guard at the king's home with guns. Yes. Um, and he had them to remove the guns in spite of the fact that he had his wife and at the time his three-month-old daughter. Okay. Uh, so that's just a testament of how deeply committed he was to nonviolence. Mm, interesting information. Again, we're on live. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, your award-winning family radio talk show. And we have an educated, an educator, and a scholar um, on King and his life. Uh, Rolandus Rice is with us, and he is sharing some pivotal information that you may have not really been uh, made aware of. And we have more information for you this Tuesday night. You know, Mr. Rice, how much did Dr. King's faith and his religion influenced his stance and involvement with the civil rights movement. Well, understand that Dr. King was born into a family with deep roots in the Southern Black Church, and King often reminded people that he was the son, grandson, and great grandson of Baptist preachers. Again, mm-hmm. his maternal grandfather, grandfather, and father were all preachers, and he said at one point that religion had just been something that I grew up in, quote unquote. And I think his reliance on faith and his deep commitment to his Christian convictions was most obvious, again, during the boycott. During the boycott, he was uh, assaulted from uh, all fronts, from inside his own camp and, of course, from the white majority power structure in Montgomery. So one one day in January 1956, he recalled uh, one night when he was getting about 30 or 40 calls a day. And he answered the call this one night, and this man said this, evil boy said that if you don't leave town and leave town quickly, we're going to blow out your brain. Uh, King said he went and made him a cup of coffee and prayed in that kitchen table, and after about five minutes, he said he felt this inner source of strength tell him that, you know, uh, continue to do what you're doing. Stand up for rights, stand up for justice, stand up for peace, and lo, I will be with you until the end of the world. So after that moment when he had that firm recommitment from uh, his Heavenly Father, he was committed at that point on to sustain the movement and not look back. So again, that is, I think, a seminal moment in his life because he said, I, I had to rely on that God that my mother and daddy told me about. Yeah. You know, he couldn't call his mother and his daddy. Then he had to rely on that supernatural strength okay. to get him through that terrible time. And it is ultimately what sustained him during the most uh, tumultuous moments of the movement. So his faith was very strong. Mm, amazing, Mr. Rice. So you're painting a picture of a legendary uh, man, a uh, legendary public figure, who when he was faced with challenges, even the threat of death, a destruction of himself or his family, his well-being, he turned to his family that you're saying was instilled early on uh, by his family. Yes, ma'am, particularly his father, Martin Luther King Sr., and also people may not always know, but Dr. Benjamin E. Mays, the president of Morehouse College yeah. at the time, and it was actually made to convince King to go into the ministry because King, at first, many people may not know it, but he wanted to be a doctor. Okay. He also wanted to be a lawyer, but it was made to convince him that, you know, going into the ministry could be intellectually rewarding. So we also created Maze for turning King toward uh, mm. the ministry. So it was Maze and his father and his yes. grandparents. Those were the guiding forces for him to go into the ministry. Amazing. It's amazing when you think of how decisions uh, could have changed the course of time. And, you know, thankfully that he obviously went into the ministry and made the decision, one that is not easy, even looking back as an individual uh, who was born uh, years after his tragic assassination, but to uh, put his life on the line and to be a civil rights leader. Certainly. 
you know, the civil rights issues of today, Mr. Rice, look drastically different uh, from the struggle of King's era. I know it's challenging to guess. Um, I know that because you're an educator, you're a scholar, um, you've written uh, a work on Dr. King's life, but obviously he is not here um, to answer for himself, unfortunately. Uh, But would you say that Dr. King would think our society has overcome the issue of race in 2015? And I know as a scholar you have to just pull and, and, and go through all of his writings and his speeches to say that, but we do have an African American president in this nation right now, would you say King would say the issue of race was eradicated or no? Well, you know, I think it is difficult to imagine what King would say with any certainty about race relations in 2015, uh, especially since African-American men are routinely killed by both white citizens and white law enforcement officers with impunity. Uh, King would also comment on the fact that HBCUs are being continually assaulted by state legislatures and accreditation agencies, uh, as the governments have realized that an uneducated black populace is, well, rather, an educated black populace is far more dangerous than an uneducated black populace. King would also look at church attendance still on Sunday morning, and at 11 o'clock he would still realize that it is still the most segregated hour throughout the week. Now, these are assertions that King made in his lifetime, and a lot of those elements still have remained unchanged. Uh, He would also look at the incarceration rate relative to black men compared to that of whites in this country. Uh, And Michelle Alexander speaks to this very, very poignantly. And speaking about the nexus between race and incarceration, she maintains that we have not ended racial caste in America, but we have simply redesigned it. Redesigned it in in the fact that uh, the criminal justice system is being used now to criminalize uh, blacks and used to criminalize poverty, and the system is using those systems rather to continually uh, subjugate and oppress African-American men. So I think King would, would take a reflective look and say, no, though we have made some gains, America still has a mighty long way to go if we are to live up to what Jefferson articulated in the Declaration of Independence. So uh, we still have a lot of work to do, and I hope I'm not going too far out on the limb to say that King, if he were here, uh, would agree with me. The national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shayna Thornton. We're putting the spotlight on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Tonight, we have a celebrated educator and scholar with us, Reverend Londo Rice. He is with us. He's talking about King's legacy, and he's sharing some pivotal information. You have to tell me this, Mr. Rice. Share with us a fact that most people just don't know about Dr. King. Uh, Well, I guess I'll... Think about that for a minute, but many people believe that King was a brilliant student because he entered Morehouse College at age 15. Uh, This was not necessarily the case. Yes, he did enroll at age 15, but understand that during that time in 1944, uh, the United States was involved in World War II, right? So World War II and the draft and people signing up to go fight abroad, all those elements had wreaked havoc on the college's enrollment, and they need students to survive. So... Um, his transcript showed that he may not have been really prepared to do well at that age in college because uh, King only earned one eight during his undergraduate matriculation. Overall, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, believe it or not, was only a C student. Okay. Uh, imagine the the 
immortal Martin Luther King uh, being only a C student, especially when you bounce that against what he ultimately uh, achieved professionally and academically. Yes. I think that encourages others that King was a mortal man, and even though he was not a perfect student, he still was able to reach to uh, reach those heights that he mm, Absolutely. So, so true. You know, I, I want to talk about his legacy, and we can't, Mr. Rice, have a conversation about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy uh, without talking about, of course, one of the greatest speeches of all time, in my opinion, which, of course, is I Have a Dream. Um, of course, it's considered uh, by many to be one of the best speeches ever presented. Now, in your scholarly opinion, uh, did King know he was making history uh, at the time in 1963, um, the year he delivered the speech in Washington, D.C.? Well, I think, first of all, it is important to recognize that King was a very modest man. But remember what he said when he first spoke at the podium that day. He said that uh, this day would go down as the greatest demonstration for freedom okay. in the history of our nation. Uh, but also, that was not the first time that he gave that memorable refrain, I have a dream. He gave a version of it uh, two months earlier before a crowd of about 20,000 in Detroit. Okay. Uh, but I think the speech is so historic because it addresses, this, it addresses rather, with Kingian poetry and poignance, the need for America again to correct those injustices that have been present since the founding of the republic. So hence, I think it still has power, it still resonates with people now, and it will continue to resonate with people in the future. But to ask me if he knew it would be so historic, the speech, no. But the demonstration itself, yes, because he, I mean, again, he did admit that uh, August 28, 1963. Wow, because of the amount of people uh, that gathered for that demonstration. 250,000 people. Wow, amazing, a quarter of a million. And a peaceful demonstration, may we point out. Correct, correct. Yeah. There was not one reported incident in Washington that day related to the march. So that mm. speaks again to SELC's and CORE's and the NAACP's ability to organize effectively. Wow, amazing information. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is putting the spotlight on the legacy of the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Now, Mr. Rice, uh, I want to touch on a subject that uh, may make some people uncomfortable. We have listeners uh, from different backgrounds, of course, and we welcome the diversity of the listenership of this show. That's important to myself and the staff. Now, we're going to touch on a subject that hopefully you're okay with discussing. There are those in our society who would say that the past is the past, simply. Uh, there are some who would say that there is no real need to teach our youth um, of any ethnicity group uh, about the segregation or the injustices of the past. And I'm sure, just like myself, you've run across a few or some or maybe a lot of these individuals. You're a scholar. You're a historian. You're an educator. What's your thoughts on this? Well, I think the great literary uh, William Faulkner said it best when he maintained that the past is never dead. It's not even past. Uh, and we may not see white and colored signs on water fountains and public accommodations anymore, but blacks are still barred from drinking from the deep wells of American wealth that their ancestors have to construct. So we have to teach our pupils about the struggle as it will never end in this country as long as race 
still divides people and is used as a means of social control. Uh, but I do believe that our previous generations have provided us with a reliable lantern that can guide us as we find uh, racism, sexism, and classism in the future. But the kids, we have to teach them now and not shy away from history because African-American history is American history. You cannot discuss the history of this nation with any credibility without discussing the plight of African-Americans insofar as the way she, we have been treated uh, in the South, the North. And again, it's, it's a myth that only the South experienced segregation and racism. It, it, that, that is a nationwide dilemma. Okay. And it always has been a nationwide dilemma. So it is incumbent upon us to teach our pupils about their history. Not teaching students about uh, segregation and discrimination is like trying to teach a student geography without teaching them what basic two plus two is. You can't okay. start from midpoint, you have to teach from the beginning. Yes, mm. interesting information, and I'm sure, and I just want to clarify as a scholar and as an educator, you're saying for all children of all ethnicity groups to be taught the truth about the history of the world, right? Yes, without a doubt, because African Americans have not been the only group that has been discriminated against. Uh, Native Americans have been discriminated okay. against. Women Black and white have been discriminated okay. against. So, yeah. and it has, you have to speak with authority on the total picture to really indoctrinate students with, with their history so they can understand if they see things, they can understand why things are the way they are. Mm. And I know that's a pretty trite response, but hopefully that will vote over well with some of your listeners. Okay, and we thank you for all of your information you're providing tonight on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. You know, we have listeners uh, from all over. Uh, they're in New York, they're in Florida, uh, they're in Texas, uh, they're in Ohio. And some of those families um, make up of two, four, or five, or six. How can families continue to honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. throughout the entire year? Because, you know, obviously we celebrate the Monday in January. Everyone's familiar with it, a community service day. It's a federal holiday for many, state holiday, uh, from my understanding, in majority of the states still. Um, but, you know, if the, you want to be able to teach your child uh, or children or young adolescents about King's legacy all throughout, are there resources or educational tools you recommend that won't go too deep in the pockets for families that are on tight budgets? Well, certainly. Uh, I think we again have to understand that MLK looms so much larger than I have a dream. So I strongly recommend that students interested in this Nobel laureate read King's letter from the Birmingham jail. And many of his published sermons. I also recommend that students uh, Looking at these books and understand that these writings will give a clear picture of King the activist and the theologian. Um, I also recommend that that families pick up a, his book entitled Strive Toward Freedom, published, I believe, in 1957. Okay. Um, these are relatively inexpensive pieces for families to acquire. And, again, it, it just familiarizes the, the readers with material other than just I have a dream. So. Mm-hmm. I would strongly recommend those pets that I recently Wow, and and I'm sure some of the material you just mentioned can be found online uh, for free or very little cost, or also your local public libraries. I'm a huge fan of libraries. Uh, Mr. Rice, I don't know if you are, but I am, so uh, obviously getting a a library card is free, right? And they can go on and get all of those resources. 
Exactly. You raise a very compelling point, ma'am. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Again, we're on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. It has been an honor, and it's been a very engaging and intriguing conversation with uh, celebrated scholar and educator, Rolando Rice, has been with us. Before you leave us, before you get out of here, you have to let us know, how has Dr. King impacted your life? Well, you know, this is certainly a very personal question for me. Again, I'm from Atlanta, uh, the birthplace of Martin Luther King Jr. And I can remember uh, going to the King Center as a child. Uh, but I also remember that I've always had this unyielding interest in Martin Luther King. And I attribute that to my grandmother. I can recall as a child, she would have me watching the, uh, the commemorative service on Dr. King's birthday every year uh, as a child. And one year, I may have been about four or five. She made me watch the commemorative service until I learned how to tie my shoe. Wow. And I was, again, no more than five years old. Okay. At that point, that I had to watch it. I met well enjoyed it. And now uh, I have been following his legacy for the past 25 years or so, and I'm only 32. Okay. Uh, so I did reveal my age there. But yes. uh, he has been central to my studies as a graduate student, and he will continue to be important to my subsequent research agenda. Uh, so he has played a very pivotal role in impacting me, and not just the way I write or, or participate in the scholarly community, but as a person. Yes. Wow. And I think you said it so eloquently. Um, it, it's hard in so many ways for Dr. King not to impact and influence the lives of not just a young uh, and accomplished uh, educator and scholar such as yourself, but whoever uh, may be listening in or someone who's not listening in. Uh, maybe they're a female, male. Maybe they're a Caucasian, Native American, or Hispanic. But the legacy of King is so monumental that it's hard for uh, someone not to be inspired and influenced by his life and his work. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Rice? I agree with you completely because uh, understand that Martin Luther King worked for not just African-American men. He put his life on the line, ultimately made the ultimate sacrifice uh, for people of all hues, all classes, both genders, to equally participate in the political process of this country. He put his life on the line so that when Jefferson said that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness, he believed that every person should have that same right, not just the rich, not just people of a particular he, but everybody. So I think all of us can learn and should be indebted. Uh, to Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. Amazing conversation again on Let's Talk America with your host, Shayna Thornton. Thank you again to educator and scholar Rolanda Rice. Um, it has been uh, a real great opportunity to sit and talk with you one-on-one -on -one exclusively, again, about the legacy, the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Have a wonderful 2015 and keep sharing your information. Wow, what a conversation, gaining information and knowledge uh, from Rolandus Rice. Of course, he is a scholar, uh, an educator, and also uh, he works with the King Center based in Atlanta. Interesting information from his perspective. Wow, so continue the legacy of King all year long. We have just a little more for you, but first. Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-F-O-R-D.com or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses 
your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane of Thornton. Well, everyone, we will see you next Tuesday night. We'll keep the conversation going. More relevant and timely topics coming your way with leading expert guests and the celebrities you want to hear from. Remember, you can always find out more information about the show or listen to any of the replay podcasts. Simply go to our brand-new design website, easy to navigate, great for kids also, and it's www.letstalkamericawithshaynathornton.com. Easy, easy, easy. Easy. All right. So continue the information, continue the knowledge, and let's learn together. Well, before we get out of here, we always want to uh, help you out, uh, making you feel great, upbeat, and we're going to share some music. Of course, this is one of the most talented individuals that we've come across recently. He's a rapper out of Detroit, Michigan. His name is El Hustle, and the song is I Made It. I Made It. I sat down and talked with him about a year and a half ago exclusively about his message with his rap music, and he he has certainly a message for everyone, one of positivity and growth. Well, El Hustle, I made it. It's going to take us home. All right, everyone, keep the conversation going. Do connect with us on the various social media outlets. All content original, copyright 2015 by Thomas and Paget Enterprises, LLC. Yeah. Focused on the bigger pictures, dreams, confidence. Just do it with me, man. Let's go. It's hustle. I put my head to the sky cause I'm chilling I'm focused on my rhymes and skills cause I'm winning Ain't nobody give me nothing, man, I had to take it I stepped out on faith and homie, I made it Home on my room five, I'm so faded Them haters jawjacking cause they hate it I told myself I'd never live this way again I'm playing my position so I can always win Every day I gotta live in paradise I'm screaming when mine, cause that's the way of life I thank God for blessing me with the whole armor Matter of fact, I'm thanking God for my mama Cause she raised me Right, so I can take a chance Now I'm living my dreams Plus I'm a better man I'm a CEO And a family man I thank God for my life I know we had a plan You should call me Mr. LeBron James The way I cross over it Lane fade in the game I made it I made it I made it I made it Hey A lot of people envy my success So bad about the great Lord knows that I'm blessed I made it If I don't work, then I don't eat I understand this game, it got principles So understand my dreams, they ain't invisible I could have stayed in the streets, I had a lot of plugs But I wanted to change, I was never a thug I refused to sell my soul just to get some cars And catch a felony case living behind bars I got dreams and goals and aspirations So do me a favor and keep haters Cause I'm on top and I will never stop I look forward to being rich and I push the clock Traveling around the world while I'm doing tours Got brothers in May doing all my tours Chilling with my family in paradise Sitting by the water, praising God for life You should call me Mr. LeBron James The way I cross over it, lane fading the game I made it, I made it, I made it, I made it Hey, a lot of people envy my success So bad about the great Lord knows that I'm blessed I made it, I made it, I made it, I made it 
Some people caught up on it yesteryears Scared to look in the mirror and conquer all their fears Cause they walking with sight, I know they colorblind I stood out in the crowds and never walked in line I got my suit on, your boy here is brave I'm so focused with it, I ain't nobody slave I learned the business first before I stepped in Detroit, Michigan, homie, is what I'm rapping I had a lot of homies, but I left them alone They were stuck in the box to each his own, can't be scared of success in my establishment, or why I deal with the foolery, I ain't having it, I started from the bottom, I called at the ground, and took it straight to the top, but this went my town, you should call this, a celebration, my haters are motivators, congratulations, you should call me Mr. LeBron James, the way across over it, 